0: Hi, Taylor here at Financial Potion where video is your financial potion and you're going to learn how to use video to enhance your business. You're going to learn the videos you should be producing, how to produce them, what, how to script them, what equipment you need, and where you should be placing them online to get seen by your target audience. So just a little bit about who I am and why you should be listening to me. Uh, My name is Taylor Wellman. I'm co-owner of Financial Potion, and we provide customized video marketing solutions in the form of production, editing, social media distribution, training, and live streaming events. Uh, You can see the picture in the middle there. That is um, my husband and I at a recent event that we were live streaming for. And then on either side, you can see our adorable son James. And so that is James. He's a year and a half right now. So. lot of fun. And I I absolutely love what we do because we get to learn about so many different things. And so let's get into that learning. What are the three videos that every business, no matter what the industry is, should be producing? Number one is an introduction video. This is going to be that first impression video that you're going to sprinkle everywhere and so if you're going to invest in equipment and time and money you absolutely need to with this video because like i said it is that first impression and so what are some of the scripting elements when it comes to this introduction video when you look at these questions and when i review these questions as you're writing your script you want to try to answer these questions using only one sentence What that will do when you put all your sentences together is it should be about 150 words. On average, 150 words is equal to one minute. Of course, that's going to vary depending upon how fast you talk. I am really trying not to talk too fast. I'm originally from the East Coast. And so I've been conditioning myself to slow down. (laughs) I could probably do 150 words in 30 seconds if I needed to. But you don't want to do that. You want people to be able to hear you clearly. So number one, what problem does your offering solve? People are online because they're looking for solutions. So right there in that introduction video, you need to talk about the solution that you provide. And then who are you and what is your business? then who is your target audience? Whenever you have this introduction video, you wanna make sure that you are talking to the right person because if it's not the right person, you don't wanna waste your time and you don't wanna waste their time. So make sure you're saying it early on in this introduction video. Number four. How are you different from your competition and what makes you unique? Now, I'm not saying we're better than XYZ company down the street because of this, but rather talk about the elements within your business that does make you unique. Maybe it's even something outside of your business. For example, I have a client who's extremely passionate about rescuing dogs. It's nothing to do with her business. She's a realtor. However, when she talks about how she loves going close to dog parks and she loves, you know, rescuing dogs and the passion behind it, she's been able to get clients just because of that connection, because people want to do business with people they would know, like trust or hang out with. And so with these videos, you're building trust, you're building that connection online and you're building what is what's a connection for you too? So what makes you unique, maybe outside of your business? And then what resistance or objections will people have to you? Do you constantly hear the same issue of, oh, it's too expensive, or I don't think that it's for me? If you regularly hear these resistance and objections, go ahead and share why it shouldn't be an objection right here in this introduction video. It's really saving you time when you do get to that one-to-one sales meeting because they're not gonna have that objection anymore. Or maybe they just want a further explanation about what you've already shared. And then the most important question that you need to answer, and really this is a question that should be in every single video that you do. That is going to be, the when, where, and how do you want people to take action? Your call to action. The call to action needs to be in every single video and be as detailed as possible. If you have an opt-in on your website, talk about that. Say to opt into the website. If you prefer people to text you, say that, say, text me at this number and provide the number. Now, What's gonna give you a bonus in this introduction video is if you can add a testimonial, a testimonial or a review of an actual person on camera talking about you. This is gonna be your third party validation. And if you put it in this introduction video, not only are the person watch, people watching the video gonna know that you do solve their problem, that you are talking to them, that you are their target demographic, it's also gonna let them know that other people love you too. And so really adding that testimonial can really enhance this introduction video. So I'm sure everyone on here could guess what the second type of video you should be producing. And that is a testimonial review video, of course. Testimonials and reviews are the third party validation, validating that you do do a good job, that your services and your products do what they say they're going to do. And Third-party validation, you know, it might be one of the oldest forms of marketing, word of mouth. However, it's still one of the most reliable. Sites like Yelp wouldn't be in existence if we didn't care what other people thought. Think about the last time you purchased anything. Did you look at the reviews? Did you ask a friend? More than likely the answer is yes. And so that's where you really wanna focus on capturing testimonials and reviews. So let's talk about those scripting elements. And when you're doing these, you definitely need to make sure that you have the person restate the question in the answer. So when they say, what is your name and and who are they? You'd say, my name is Taylor Wellman and I'm co-owner of Financial Potion. It's really great if you're working with another business owner, because then we get to talk a little bit about their business as well. If they're not a business owner, that's totally fine. It could be, my name is Taylor and I'm a mom of a young toddler. Set the stage. And then how did you get started working together? Start building a story. People love stories. And so tell that story of how did you first get connected and how and why did you first start working together? And then what was the process like? the process working with xyz company was phenomenal because so have them restate that question and then have the answer and then what are the results discuss anything tangible in detail if you're a personal trainer and you help someone lose two inches and gain a percentage of body muscle mass Talk about that, because those are going to be results that are tangible, that people can connect to, that people can then see themselves obtaining. And so the more detailed, the better. And then have you tried a similar product or service before? And how did this differ? If it's something like selling a home, buying a home, it may not be the first time. And so they wanna know why was working with you so much better? Was it just you were there or did you go above and beyond the service? Have them talk about those differences. And then lastly, the most important question, I always seem to leave the most important ones to the end, is would you recommend the same service, person, or business and why? And it's super crucial that you make sure that they say, I would recommend, insert your business or insert your name for insert your service, insert your product, because. And if someone's super busy and they only have time to answer one question, just have them answer this one simple question. Or if you don't wanna have to worry about doing a lot of editing, mixing in all these answers, just ask this one simple question. Would you recommend the same service, person, or business, and why? That one sentence can help you so much because you're gonna be able to sprinkle it across so many social media sites to be that third-party validation. And number three, the third type of video that you should be producing, we like to call SSME videos. Those are search and subject matter expert videos. And so this is a thumbnail screenshot of a realtor talking about Gilbert. She wants to be seen as a Gilbert expert. And honestly, Gilbert, Arizona, that's a keyword search word, search phrase. And so if someone is searching for life in Gilbert, Arizona or homes in Gilbert, Arizona, she wants that opportunity to get found. And so for your scripting, think about, what's on your frequently asked questions page? Can you make them a video? You know by adding videos to your website, that's going to help your search engine optimization of that site. And so make sure you have the content and then also the video to match. And are you getting hand cramps or are you feeling like a broken record, constantly repeating the same thing? That's a sign that you should make a video. If you're consistently writing the same email to all your clients, or if you're consistently saying the same thing over the phone, that means it needs to be put in the video. And the real reason behind that is that people retain 60% of the information given in a video, comparative to only 20% when read, and 30% when heard. It's because you're combining the senses. Not only are they able to see it and hear it, they can read it. And so when you're using more senses, it helps remind that person and keep it in their memory. And so really think about what are you constantly repeating yourself on? Are there any definitions? We're in our own industries, and I know I'll talk about B-roll all the time. B-roll this, let's capture some B-roll of that. And then the number of times my clients have gone, I'm sorry, what is B-roll? And I have to explain. It's because we're so involved in our own industries that we don't think outside the industry of what people really know. And so think about your common phrases, your common words that you normally say that maybe someone outside your industry doesn't really know. This is gonna be excellent for your search engines because then if someone is searching for that answer or wondering what that definition is, that then your video could populate. It's also gonna be great to show that you're a subject matter expert because it just shows that you truly know the ins and out of your industry by even providing these simple definitions or what could be simple to you. Is there anything seasonal? Think about what we're currently in. I know it's currently the beginning of November, 2020, and many of us are getting ready for the holidays. Is there anything around the holidays that you could talk about that also matches your industry? Perhaps it's about decorating tips and you are a landscaper. So it doesn't have to be exactly a sales pitch. You always want to just provide value. When you have value-based marketing, not only does it help with the search engines, it's also going to help build that trust and show that you really are that subject matter expert. And so similar to seasonal topics, is there anything trending? You know, this is definitely a year of some trending situations. And so talk about it. Make people realize that you do have a, a pulse on what's going on in the world and talk about it in terms of your own industry. And so these various scripting ideas should give you plenty of ideas of what to do for your SSME videos. In terms of the length of these videos, it will depend a little bit on the topic For example, if you're doing a open box, how to use a particular product of yours, go as detailed as you need to be. If it needs to be a five to 10 minute video to fully explain how to install something and how to use something, take that time. People will appreciate having the details. On the other hand though, if it's something that truly could be said in 30 seconds, shorter typically is better people have short attention spans. And so if you can provide that content clearly in about a minute, it's going to be better than than elaborating and making it longer than it needs to be. And so remember when we were talking about the introduction video, on average, 150 words equals about a minute. And so even if you're just going to go off the cuff I still advise that you write out your script. Not only will it help organize your thoughts and organize your mind, it's also going to help you when you're posting your videos later. So scripting and pre-production might feel like a lot of time, but it will save you time. So please do that. Now that you have an idea of the videos that you should be producing for your business, Let's talk about some of the basic equipment that you're going to need in order to get it done on your own. Number one, you got to keep it steady. Blair Witch Project was a movie that was popular way back when, but the style, thank goodness, did not stay popular. People do not want to see shaky cameras and shaky movements. You want to keep your shot steady. And so, You will need a basic tripod and really everything has a plus sign next to it because you can always buy more expensive. I'm just trying to give you an idea of on the low end what to expect to pay to get this type of equipment. And so a basic tripod, this is perfect if you need to do exactly what I'm doing. I'm not moving the camera. I don't want the camera to move. I just want to be able to look at the camera and have it stay put. And so that would just be needing a basic tripod to then hold your phone, your tablet, or your camera. A fluid head tripod, so a little bit more expensive, is a tripod that has what's called a fluid head. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to look left and right. That's called panning. So perhaps if you, our landscaper example, did a beautiful landscaping job and they want to pan from left to right of the lawn, you're going to want a fluid head. Or let's say you're an interior designer and you just have this beautiful chandelier added into the walkway of the home, you're gonna to wanna to be able to tilt nicely. And tilting is when you're going from up and down with the camera. Yes, you can make those movements with a basic tripod, but it, it's, it's very choppy and it does not look smooth. And so by purchasing a fluid head, you're going to be able to do those pans and tilts in a lot more fluid motion. Whenever you are using a mobile phone or a tablet, you are going to need to get a clamp. You need some sort of clamp that's going to hold onto the phone or tablet and then attach to the tripod. There are some uh, sets that will set the cl- that will sell the clamp with the tripod. However, if, you know, many people already have a tripod somewhere in their garage and you might just need the the little clamp, that is simply only $5.00, so very very inexpensive. Now, what if you wanted to walk and talk? maybe you're doing a tour of your your office space or you're doing a tour down a street cuz you want to talk about how amazing gilbert is or amazing mesa is in this case <laughs> then what you'd want to do is go ahead and get a gimbal so this is a very inexpensive gimbal it's only about $100 and you would simply Put your phone in the little clamp space. And then on the gimbal, you have the ability to do the pans and the tilts. And as you're walking, it's not gonna have that bounce and that shake so much. Basically, what a gimbal does is it kind of keeps it centered and keeps it still. So that way you can walk and talk without being a huge distraction. So, just like how I was saying, pre production is important for your scripting to save you time. Pre-production is important to determine what type of videos you're going to be doing. And then you'll be able to make a more accurate budget and a more accurate list of all the equipment you will need to accomplish the videos you want to do. You don't necessarily need everything. I know many people who do not have a gimbal and produce wonderful videos because they're not gonna walk and talk. Many people just need something that's gonna hold their phone, tablet, or camera still so they can do a simple talking head video like this. This is what we call a talking head when it's literally only a talking head the whole time. And so think about the type of videos you are going to be producing so you can determine what equipment you really need. So once you determine also, okay, this is how I'm gonna have my shot, you need to make sure that your shot's going to be well lit. Once again, there's options. There's always options in the world of video. So it's really thinking with the end in mind of what you wanna produce and then working backwards. But let's talk about some of the lighting you may wanna consider. What's really popular are these ring lights. Super simple to set up and I would say pretty much every ring light setup that I have seen has come with a cell phone clamp. So you could simply purchase this ring light and be able to add your cell phone to it and you're 75% of the way there to produce your video. And so ring lights, they're simple to use, they're dimmable, they're color temperature adjustable. Let's talk about color for a minute. Whenever you are in your office and you have windows open, you're letting a lot of daylight come in. Daylight is actually a blue light. And so when you get these ring lights, you'll see that there's a daylight option, a blue light option, and then there's more of a red hue option. Whenever you do have a lot of sunlight coming in, that's about 5,600 Kelvin. Kelvin is how we measure the, the temperature and the color of our light. And so you wanna make sure that any other light you're bringing into your scene is the same. When you're mixing different color temperatures, it just makes things look wonky. And so you absolutely wanna make sure that you're keeping everything at the same temperature as much as possible. So when you're looking at your studio space or where you plan on recording the most, if you're having a lot of daylight come in, then make sure that you're using daylights. On the other hand, if you're using um, a lot of more reddish lights, maybe you're using just your, your home lights, Sometimes people put daylight bulbs in their home. However, we have found more likely, they put off a red hue, more of a 3500 Kelvin temperature. And if that's the case, if you're just using your regular house lights or your work lights, office lights, you might wanna put the red hue around your circle. If you're doing more than just a talking head, then you might want to get some soft boxes or additional lighting. Basically, this this one ring light does a decent job when you're staying pretty close to the camera and you're just a talking head. But let's say I had a table next to me and I wanted to talk about some products on the table. You're going to need more light in your scene. And so that's where you might want to get some large soft boxes or just additional larger LED lights that are temperature adjustable and dimmable. So that way you can light your full scene. Typically, when you do have a larger scene like that, you want three lights. So you can do what's called three-point lighting. In order to do three-point lighting, you're going to want what's considered your key to be right to the right of the camera. So literally it'd be camera, key light. And then you'll have your hair light directly diagonal from where that key light is. And then you would have what's called a fill. And a fill would be 45 degrees to the left of where the camera is. That's gonna give you a nice full even lighting. So if you did have other elements in your scene you wanted shown, it's going to give you the best look. But let's say you're on the go. Let's say you're all over the place and you wanna do videos at any time and you have your gimbal in your purse or your laptop bag. You're also gonna to wanna to have a portable LED light because even if you are out there in the sun, sometimes there's awkward shadows. Sometimes it's actually better to record in the shadows because the sun is just too bright and overexposing the shot, but you still want your face to be well lit and you still wanna make sure you don't have any awkward shadows. And that's where purchasing just this $13 LED light can be extremely beneficial. You can have them in your purse or your laptop bag right there with your gimbal. So just like with the keeping your shot steady, you have some options with your light, but think about where your studio is going to be and what's going to make the most sense and what type of videos you're going to be producing at the end of the day. And I said, if you grab the ring light, you're 75% of the way there because we need to still hear you well. (laughs) And so if you're staying close to the camera, you can get away with using a wired LA, uh, wired lapel mic. So I actually use a wired lapel mic when I'm on the computer here because I'm not walking all over the place. I'm staying pretty still and pretty close to my computer. But if you want to walk around, then you may wanna consider getting a wireless microphone. And what I show here on the screen is the Kimma fun It is about $50, it does a decent job. I did, however, recently get sent a, a Comica wireless microphone. It's three times the price, so it is $160 but I am impressed with it. So I'm gonna be doing a video review on that soon I'll show you all a quick peek. The Comica is definitely something to consider. It has a better sound quality and it also comes with a nice little tripod and clamp where you could actually have your phone and the microphone all attached together. It's very cool, but it's $160. So if you're going to walk and talk, you're going to look at between $50 to $160 for a wireless microphone, but definitely get a wireless microphone. If you're going to be walking and talking, you do not want to have to wrangle the cords or be limited to where you can walk because of how long your cord is. And if you're going to be doing interviews, if you're going to be having multiple people at the same set, so not doing Zoom recordings, but actually together in the same room, then you're going to need to make sure no matter which audio setup you're using that you have an audio splitter because we need to be able to plug in both. Do not only have one person uh, mic'd up and assume you're going to be able to capture the other person from that microphone. It doesn't work well, it really doesn't. It doesn't sound good. And with video, we're trying to build trust. We're trying to have that first impression many times. And so put your best foot forward and and get a splitter if you're gonna have multiple people on camera and and you wanna hear them all. And now this is something that I just want you to do. Since we're using Zoom as a platform, I've been feeling it's very important that I encourage people to make the green screen pledge. We've all been on Zoom many times throughout these last several months, throughout this last year. And I'm sure many of us have seen different virtual backgrounds. I currently have a virtual background, but notice I can talk, I can move my hands, I could pick up something and my hand doesn't disappear. And that's because I'm using a green screen. That is really the only difference between the people who are disappearing in and out of their backgrounds and not, is utilizing a green screen. And so if you're planning on utilizing Zoom as one of your platforms to record your videos, that's awesome. Work your brand into it. Put your brand into the background. Put contact information in the background. Whatever it is you want people to remember, put it in your background but then use a green screen so it looks clean. On one side of the screen, you're gonna see that there's actually a chair that has the green screen slipped into it. Super cool. My chair cannot handle that. So I don't have that, but I wish I did because it just it's so compact and easy. And if you were to swivel at all, it would actually kind of move with you. It looks really cool. What I have is on the opposite side. I have a full setup behind me for the green screen, but that's just what I already had on hand. So it just made sense for me. Think about what makes sense for you. And one thing that might determine what makes the most sense is how wide of an angle are you showing? As you can see with the, the chair setup, it's pretty narrow. And so if you're keeping your shot pretty tight, that will work really well. On the other hand, if you're going a little wider, I have kind of a wider shot, you might need to have a larger studio like green screen in order to get that full piece. You need to make sure your camera is getting all the green screen and nothing else on the sides. And so this is truly just for people who are utilizing Zoom. Zoom is a really great platform, but if you're using it, please make the green screen pledge if you're doing virtual backgrounds. Now let's touch base about editing. And this really is going to be a touching base about editing because we could do a whole training course on editing, but there's just options. And that's something you got to keep in mind. There's always options in our world. Option number one is simply just trimming the beginning and end. If you're using your phone, your tablet, you have built into that system, the ability to trim the beginning and trim the end. And so that means whenever you start your videos, Press record, smile, count down from three or five, and then start talking. And then when you're done talking, once you've done your call to action, smile, hold it for a three or five count, and then stop record. This will allow you to have that enough time to trim the beginning and end. And so, you know, you can then look for that smile and trim the beginning and end, and there is your video. However, if you wanna add some text graphics, maybe a call to action graphic with your logo and and your phone number, or you wanna add any other graphics in the middle of your videos, you might need to use an editing software. That star image is for iMovie. Anyone who has uh, an Apple iPad or an Apple computer, you have the ability to use iMovie. It's a very consumer-friendly product that you can simply click and drag and add graphics and add transitions, add music, super simply. If you have a PC, PC does have a built-in editor, but it is terrible. I'm just gonna be honest. It's really bad. Things that you would expect to be on there are just not on there. And so if you are a PC user, you saved money in your your hardware. So you're going to have to spend a little extra money in your software. And I would advise that you use Movavi. Movavi is very um, comparable to iMovie in its features. And I want to say it was only like $180, Uh, really inexpensive in terms of video editing software. And you still get all those features. You can have text graphics simply added, music simply added, add other video footage or anything like that. There's filters and cool little animations in there lots of things to do. And if you're super interested in editing and you really want to ramp up your editing skills, then you may want to consider getting the Adobe Creative Cloud. That's what we use at Financial Potion is the Adobe Creative Cloud, but it is the most expensive option on the screen. It's about $55 a month with a year subscription. And so it can get up there. So definitely only consider the adobe creative cloud if a you love editing and love being on the computer and b really want to to bring up that quality level you're going to be able to do very professional green screens in there very professional graphics and and be able to do anything that any professional can do and the cool thing is it's the whole suite so you can get photoshop with that as well and so This was a very quick touch on editing. The one thing I want you to take away is to just edit a little bit at least. You never want to show you pressing record or pressing off record. There's no need for that. You have the capabilities to make it look clean with at least a smile in the beginning and a smile in the end. So now let's talk about your video marketing social media distribution roadmap. Whenever you get a video done, you don't want to sprinkle it everywhere. You want to sprinkle it where your target audience is. And so let's go down this little journey. You're in this little red car here. And whenever you get a video done, you first need to stop at YouTube. If you don't already have a optimized YouTube channel, you should make that your number one homework assignment when we're done this class. Because YouTube is actually not a social media platform. It's a search engine. It's the number two used search engine next to Google, which is the number one used search engine that owns YouTube. Google has owned YouTube since 2008. And so you want to make sure that you're using YouTube, but you want to make sure that your channel is search engine optimized or else when you upload your videos, it's really sticking it to a wall and hoping it sticks and throwing it to a wall and hoping it sticks. You knew what I meant. And so what you wanna do is set yourself up for success and make sure you have an optimized YouTube channel. And then you're gonna perform the nine steps to YouTube optimization to each video that you upload. That is making sure that you have an optimized title, optimized description, a full set of 500 character tags. End screens. End screens are mobile-friendly features that encourage people to stay on your content and to subscribe to your content. Cards. Those are mobile-friendly features that you can also invite people to go to your website if you're eligible. You can push people to see other videos of yours and connect to other playlists. Number six, a customized thumbnail. That's so important. I honestly should move it up in the list of importance because people will choose to watch a video because it looks interesting and it looks like it's going to answer their question. Remember, people are online because they're looking for answers. And so make sure that just from the thumbnail alone, someone can tell you're gonna answer their question. Number two, or seven, seven. Number seven is playlist placement. Whenever you upload a video to your YouTube channel, you need to make sure you put it in every single playlist that it can. So that means let's use our all about Gilbert example. They would want to put it in the the Gilbert uh, playlist, just all about Gilbert. She'd want to put it in her own business playlist. And so think about what are the different topics that that video can fit under. You also want to make sure that you have your corrected transcriptions. Correcting your transcriptions is very important because Google does its best. It guesses what you're trying to say. And Google will read those transcriptions for the keyword results when someone is searching for an answer. And so you wanna make sure that things like your name, your business name is spelled correctly and that everything else in there is correct. So that way you get found for the keywords you wanna get found for. And then lastly, you need to make sure that you're doing location tags. And so location tags, if you have a brick and mortar Add that location tag into there, because then it's gonna show at the top of your video, someone can click on that and then see your Google Maps. And so make sure you make it as easy as possible for people to connect with you. And then even like and comment on your videos. Start the conversation. Videos are populated on the search results because of the search engine optimization tools, like we discussed, as well as what the engagement is like. So let's say we had video A and video B, they both have all the search engine optimization tools. This one has uh, hundred views, but no likes, no comments, no nothing. This one only has 50 views, but likes and comments, engagement. The 50 view one is going to be populated higher on the page than the hundred view one because of the engagement. And so start that conversation, add a question to your comments. Once you complete the YouTube optimization, you can then utilize the embed code to embed the videos on your websites, on your, your newsletters. You can utilize a direct link to put it on your email signature, and you can also direct link onto Pinterest. So should you be posting to Pinterest? Well, is your target demographic women primarily 35 and up? If so, then you should be on Pinterest. And even better, you should be writing blogs, putting videos on the blogs, and then having the pins link back to those blogs. And so 35 and up women demographic, Pinterest. You can also utilize your playlist links and video links to post onto LinkedIn and Twitter. So LinkedIn is by far my favorite social media platform. We work with business owners, we're a B2B business and that's where LinkedIn has them. LinkedIn is that B2B platform. And so if you are a B2B business, you need to be putting your videos on LinkedIn. Twitter is really good if you're more of an on the go or events, special events type of business. So if you're a food truck, share where you're going to be when. If you're someone who's a singer and you go all around the country or you're doing different events, on Twitter would be a great place for you to be. It's more what's happening, what events are going on. So if that's your business, then you should be posting on Twitter as well. Patreon. Patreon is a membership site, and so if you are a company that has a membership opportunity that people can subscribe to, if you don't want to have a membership piece on your website, you could utilize Patreon to be your membership site. On the total other side of town is where you're going to find Facebook. Facebook and YouTube hate each other. Facebook wants to be YouTube, and so don't ever, ever, ever put a YouTube link onto Facebook. Facebook's going to recognize that and bury that post. If you are trying to do more B2C business, um, people within the demographics of 30 and above, then Facebook is a really great place to be. And with Facebook, you always directly upload the videos, but... Utilize your corrected closed captions, that SRT file, in order to upload that with the video. What that's gonna do is then when anyone is scrolling on the wall, that closed caption is gonna automatically play. Facebook and LinkedIn are two platforms where 80% of the viewers on there are watching videos on silent at first. And so you need to make sure that you either have large text graphics or you have those closed captions in your videos so people can read along a little bit before clicking on it and actually seeing the full video. And so doing those YouTube steps first can actually save you time with your Facebook uploads. And so make sure you use your corrected transcription from YouTube. YouTube when uploading to Facebook. Facebook Live is on its island because it's totally separate. You know, you would connect to Facebook Live. You could use Zoom to connect to Facebook Live. And once you're live, you're live. And that's that. And Facebook still really loves seeing people do Lives. And so if you're brave enough, I encourage you still do Facebook Lives. And then on the up, down on the right-hand side of town, we have Instagram. Instagram Live, same idea, Once you start recording, it's recording, it's live, it is what it is. (laughs) Then you have your regular Instagram. Regular Instagram platform can take videos that are one minute or less, so about 150 words or less. And this is also going to be more of the 18 to, it's going up in age, so 18 to 35, 40-year-old demographic. Um, And those would be what you would upload that are one minute or less. If your video is longer than a minute, you can utilize Instagram TV. Um, I personally love using the desktop to to upload to Instagram TV. It can be anything from one minute to an hour. And what you'll have to do though, is when you upload your video, you will have to upload a vertical displayed thumbnail. And so when you're organizing that, make sure that the key content is in that middle third of that vertical display. And so that way, when they see it on your regular Instagram page, it looks nice and clean. Now, this is a little dated. There are TikToks now. There's the Snapchat. Uh, We don't really have the data yet to be able to say how and when to post to those accounts. But If you are a company that's trying to connect with people below the age of 30, you really do want to look at TikTok and perhaps even Snapchat. So I hope you now know how to produce your videos, how to script them, what kind of equipment you need, basic information about editing, as well as where you should be posting it for your target demographic.